this is Kathia, and I greet you from the core of our one being. Wherever you are, we stand on the same earth and breathing from the same biosphere. Before we get into tonight's show, I want to call your attention to Richard C. Hoagland, the originator and force behind The Other Side of Midnight. I know some of you wonder what is happening. A long list of obstacles that have been set in his path at times seem comical and unbelievable. I'm here to share with you from my heart what's going on. I've been a close friend of Richard's for nearly 40 years, and I know intimately the challenges he faces. We don't agree on everything, no. But we do sincerely wish to uplift your lives and contribute to the greater good. Some of you know that last week the smoke and debris from the California fires swept to New Mexico via the jet stream. While I live close to the fires, I was spared because of the winds coming in from the San Francisco Bay. That was not the case in New Mexico. As a point of reference, 50 or below on the air quality scale is considered excellent. 150 or above is unhealthy, and 250 and above is hazardous. A few days after the fire started in California, the air quality in New Mexico reached an unbelievable 1,240. Yes, 1,240. Since then, it has subsided and returned to healthy, fresh air. But the damage to Richard's lungs continues, and he continues to struggle to breathe alone there in the desert. So I'm asking all of you to take a moment with me to breathe, to breathe deeply, to sense the power and love of your core being by any name you wish to call it. It is your very breath that sustains your life on this planet. As you connect with this powerful force, a blend of spirit and nature, hold good thoughts for Richard. Know in your being that all is well and recovery is but a thought away. Be happy that he returns turns to the helm of this show to share his inspired groundbreaking insights on the edge of science and thought. Tonight, I'm joined by my loyal colleagues and co-hosts to host this show. We make up a roundtable of diverse perspectives, and I promise you the conversation will be lively. My co-hosts are Andrew Curry, Ron Gibran, John Francis, and Keith Morgan. As they come on to participate, they will identify themselves. To find tonight's guest show page, please go to theothersideofmidnight.com. Click on the banner for tonight's show, Reverend Michael Carter. The show is called A New World, If You Can Take It. Tonight's topic is one I resonate with deeply. Sometime in our history, our consciousness took a detour. Science and spirituality were split apart. It became unfashionable to talk about one's spiritual life among high intellectuals. The thought field became highly polarized, with dogma of church and science each entranced in their positions. We, the collective, gave up questioning, and anyone who did was considered unbalanced or subversive. Conversations about life off this planet were suppressed and categorized as foolish. Fortunately, we are waking up to the truth that life is abundant everywhere, not only in this plane of existence, but also in a quantum non-physical states of consciousness. Many of us have come to accept that we could actually have extraterrestrial cousins who have been with us for eons of time, 
waiting for us to acknowledge their presence and give our permission to interact with us. Our guest tonight, Reverend Michael Carter, brings with him his own rich personal revelations about the most talked about book throughout history, the Bible. With courage, he risked his livelihood and became and came forward to bring new insight to passages that are commonplace, but now take on new meaning. Reverend Michael J. Carter, originally from Baltimore, Maryland, lived with his family in New York City and worked as a professional actor for 25 years. While serving various Unitarian Universalist congregations in New York, Michael was trained as an anti-racism trainer and has been recognized by President Clinton for his efforts. He was also a weekly columnist for the Asheville Citizen Times and now serves as the minister for a Unitarian Universalist congregation in the beautiful mountains of Western North Carolina. A longtime UFO experiencer, his lectures extensively, he lectures extensively on the topic of religion, spirituality, and UFOs at a broad range of UFO conferences. He has appeared on Steven Spielberg's Abduction Diaries, The Real 4400, and has been a frequent guest on Ancient Aliens, UFOs, The Hidden Evidence, as well as Beyond Belief on Gaia TV. Michael is the author of several books. You will find a more extensive bio with links to his books on our guest page. Michael, welcome to The Other Side of Midnight. <laughs> you know, I was looking forward to this. I am looking forward to this. And it truly is the other side of midnight here on the East Coast. But I'm young enough to stay up. And I want to thank you for having me on. And I will send uh, Richard some Reiki energy um, later this evening. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I know I am for sure curious, and our audience is curious, how did you begin this journey? How did you go from being an actor to being huh. a minister to... Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> curious. What happened? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, sometimes I have to ask myself that, but who was it? Kierkegaard, right? The Danish uh, philosopher said, life is lived forward, but it's only understood backwards. I... Uh, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, as you mentioned, and I got bitten by the theater bug, and I wound up moving to New York City, thinking I was going to be Denzel Washington, and I wound up being a minister. But when I was a child, I wanted to be a minister. I wanted to be a priest. I didn't know the difference. But I knew I would be doing something in front of people, speaking, delivering a message. So when I was in the theater... You know, I did some off-Broadway stuff. I did some commercials, those types of things. But I wasn't happy. And I was always interested in religion. I don't know whether it was a bleed-through from a past life or whatever, but I was always um, comfortable in other houses of worship. And finally, I just said, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the leap. And I went to seminary. Of course, I'm giving you the truncated version. And... Um, I was raised in uh, the Baptist tradition, and I didn't watch Star Trek. I wasn't into any type of science fiction at all. I remember a friend of mine in wonderment. I remember I was in, in Baltimore. I was downtown, and I don't know how the conversation came up, but he asked me, do you believe in UFOs? And I said, no. And his he looked, he looked astonished, his face, and uh, he asked me why. And I said, because it's not in the Bible. Now, many decades later, I'm going around telling people, well, they could be in the Bible. And so <laughs> those, those, the, 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 the training I had from the theater fit perfectly with uh, the church because I learned how to stand up and, 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 and deliver a message and a story and that kind of thing. And so um, here we are. Uh, I'm enjoying uh, my life, but um, uh, it certainly has been a journey. 
an amazing journey. It really and, uh, has been, Kintia. I Sometimes I marvel. And um, sometimes I, when I'm at these conferences and stuff and people read my bio, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, who are they talking about? <laughs> but they're talking about me. So no, no, no. I was just saying I'm I'm very grateful. I'm 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 very fortunate for uh the life I'm 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 leading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was really resonating with your bio. I, I mean, I'm not an actress, but I am an artist and I saw your reference to Edgar Casey and Oh yeah, and I was also deeply. I was raised Baptist and deeply into into the life of Jesus, and that really. Oh yeah, me too. Yes, that was like oh yeah. So I'm reading this and I'm going, okay, this is a kindred spirit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I think that, and I know uh, Howard Thurman uh, said this. He was a mystic. He was a, a mentor to Dr. King. He's having a renaissance of late. Um, but he he said that no matter what, whether you're atheist, agnostic, uh, Christian, Buddhist, whatever, on your spiritual journey, one day you will have to meet and make peace with the story of Jesus. And uh, and I found I, I found that to be very true. I found that to be very true. Uh, uh, I look at him as a brother, as a kindred spirit in that way. Um, as as an example of how to live a committed life. Granted, he's not the only one, but uh, you know, uh, I, 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 he he plays a big role in how I try to walk through the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm curious to explore if you discovered any UFO connections with Jesus, the Master of Love. I, I, I have, and and I and I, I find that this would be. This is probably the most, you know, he's he's uh, he's a sacred cow, if you will. People don't like you to, to, you know, don't mess with my Jesus. I remember when I was in seminary and we were learning more about the historical Jesus, which was more where my my taste uh, lied. And there were people there who would say, you know, I'm going to regurgitate everything I need back to these professors, but they're not going to take away my Jesus. And I'm thinking at for these prices, you better learn as much as you can. Right. I now I'm standing on the shoulders of many many people, so I, I must I must say that uh, um, uh, Dr. Barry Downing is a friend and colleague. Uh, he wrote a book back in 1968 called "The Bible and Flying Saucers." He's a retired Presbyterian minister. Uh, he's a little more conservative in his theology, but we do agree on the UFO aspects in the Bible. Um, Mars K. Jessup died a mysterious death. Back in the 50s, he wrote a book about UFOs in the Bible. We have some female energy uh, in the house with uh, a a woman by the name of uh, Reverend Virginia Brazington, who was, uh, ironically enough, right here from Asheville, North Carolina. She wrote a book back in the 50s and 60s about UFOs being in the Bible. And the list goes on and on. I think that what makes me stand out a little more is that I'm also an experiencer. And so when I started having these experiences, let's hear uh, them. Let's hear about the experience. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then that will lead right into the biblical stuff. Um, as I said, I was raised Baptist. Uh, so I drank the Kool-Aid, if you will. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but way, but I just would not let any, anything else in my consciousness because it was either the Baptist way or no way. And uh, but as I was getting older and, of course, in the theater, I was exposed to more. So I was reading more existential philosophy, you know, Sartre and Albert Camus. And I was just I was broadening my horizons and um, the Unity Church metaphysics, that kind of thing. And my girlfriend at the time, we decided to go to Cancun. Uh, uh, for Christmas. And we went there and we went to visit the pyramids at Chichen Itza and Tulum, the Mayan pyramids. Wonderful trip. Uh, uh, we still have some souvenirs from it to this day. On December 28th, we flew back and I wanted to gloat. It was freezing in New York. And I just came back from 88, 90 degrees. 
I was really dark, this kind of coppery color. I wanted to gloat. And uh, my friends were freezing their you-know-what off in New York. So I was invited to a party in Hell's Kitchen. And I went. And uh, I stayed for about 90 minutes. My girlfriend said, I'm exhausted. You go. So she unpacked. And um, no, no adult beverages were served. Lots of deviled eggs, which I love. And I stayed for about 90 minutes. And I headed back home. I lived on the Upper West Side at that time. And so that evening, and even to this day, I don't know whether I woke up because I had to go to the bathroom or whatever, but I felt a presence in the room. When I turned around, there was a being at the foot of my bed. This is December 28th, 1989. I was living in the Excelsior Hotel, 45 West 81st Street between Columbus Avenue and the park. So this is a an urban area, okay? This is not, you know, we're out in the boonies somewhere. And this being was about four to five feet tall. Uh, uh, my whole room was lit up like Times Square. He had an aura that was a dark blue, like a lapis blue. I used to think it was cobalt, but cobalt wasn't dark enough. And uh, that, and around that was like this bright white, I mean, his aura, my whole room was lit up. He was not gray. And I'm, I'm assuming it's a he, I could be wrong. Um, he what? was chalk white, but he had the phenotype. He had the pear-shaped head. He had the kind of Ray-Ban eyes, the deep wraparound eyes. His head looked like it was too heavy for uh, his, his neck. And his jumpsuit, which is what it looked like, um, was, was like, it looked like Reynolds wrap. And I thought my heart was going to come out of my chest. And I looked at him. And he looked at me, and, and during this time, my girlfriend either could not or did not wake up. I got in the fetal position, and I pulled the covers up over my head, hoping it would go away. A so macho was, man, was, I am not. Was he, like, solid, or was he sort of like a dream-like no, apparition? No, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, he, he was solid. Mm -hmm. And so... I heard this sound like the wind and the temperature changed. It was, I heard this whoosh, whoosh, and the temperature changed. And for a moment, I thought I was outside. Wow. For a moment, I thought I was outside. I was freezing. And then when I pulled the covers down, no one was there. No one was there. Like he just disappeared. Like he appeared and disappeared. Exactly. And so... I, 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 I told her about it, and she's a deeply spiritual person, and she did not say, what the hell are you talking about? And so she said, okay, and so we talked about it. And then what was happening was every full and new moon, for about eight months, I would have these visits. And they, would, they wouldn't talk to me. They would show me pictures in my head. They would also paralyze me. Mm -hmm. And I had this you know, for years, this kind of PTSD, I guess. I mean, I would not turn the light off until the very last minute, as if keeping the light on would keep them from coming. But I was scared. So so this was repetitive, and it was on the yes, full moon. it was very much repetitive. And um, uh, what had happened was an astrologer friend of mine, I told her about them, and she said there's a, she told me to go to Alphabet City, and uh, she said, there, I would see a big mural there. And she said, look at the mural and see if they look like, uh, if, those, if, if the, the paintings or whatever look like the, the being I saw, which they did. Someone had painted uh, in Alphabet City in New York, like Avenue on Avenue B or C, a mural of gray beings. And so I then said, you knew you weren't crazy, that someone well, else was also witnessing crazy. this. Yes. And also, I, I had a woman, um, I was uh, regressed by Dr. Jean Mundy, and later on by, uh, by Bud Hopkins. Um, but that also helped me know that I wasn't crazy. Um, I was not sleeping. And uh, it, was, it was a rough time, but I remember going to a place called the Open Center on Spring Street in New York. It was a metaphysical shop and I bought every book I could find on uh, uh, extraterrestrials. And um, when I went to 
pay the cashier. I remember this guy was a bald guy. He was very strange looking. He was bald at the top, but he had dreadlocks on the side of his head. And he said to me, he said, you don't look good. And uh, I felt like I was a little boy or a teenager buying condoms or something. For the first time. <laughs> I, would, no, I, I wouldn't look him in the face. And he, lo he looked at the books and he rang them up and he said, is this a, is this a, a, a hobby or is this for real? And I said, it's for real. And he said, okay. And he wrote down a number and a name of an individual. And it was a support group for uh, experiencers. And oh. I called that number and it started giving me a little bit of sanity back. And it also was very helpful because the group that I was in, Bud had a different group, but the group that I was in were people who had positive experiences with oh. all world intelligences. And that helped me because I, I could not say they were negative. I was scared to death, uh, but who wouldn't be? You wake up in the middle of the night and there's someone there in your room. But, um, and there was one instance where we can talk about where they did something that, that, that hurt me. But I, uh, a friend of mine, the same astrologer said, you got to set some ground rules with these people. And I, 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 and I said, I did, and they listened. And I can tell you why I thought they listened. But it was, it was a handle to reality. And once in a while, we would get together with Bud's group. But Bud's group, the, most of the people there had traumatic experiences. They had anal probes. And, you know, they, they said, we're not experiencers. We've been abducted against our will. And so it was hard. The energy was very different. But I learned to just say, look, that may have happened to you. And, I, I, and I'm not going to say it didn't. But I can't lump a whole group of, of people as, as bad because you had a bad experience. And, 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 and at that time, Bud was, you know, we, like I said, we were very friendly and he did regress me. But he was coming from he and David Jacobs and a couple other people were coming from this place that it was uh, it was very negative experience. And I was kind of more into John Max camp. Uh, My that, did 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 the beings that they that uh, Bud's group were seeing? Did they look like the beings you were seeing? Yes, yes, yes. Well, I've seen several races, but at the initial in my initial contacts, they were they were looking like grays, mm. but they weren't gray in color. But I mean, it's so many races. Do you know what I mean? And mm. so, um, and that's when I, I get a little annoyed when people say, "Well, what do they want?" Why do they come to you? And I'm like, well, who, who is they? There's so many races. How do you know? Which, which race are you talking about? Are you talking about Arcturians? Are you talking about reptilians? Are you talking about praying mantis? Are you talking about the Nordics? And be, but we, we tend to stereotype. We do it with each other, and we do it with, uh, with, with anybody, and we do it with extraterrestrials, too. We put them in a box. Would you and, say, uh, then... That your yeah. contact has been with the Greys, is that what you're saying? No, my initial contacts contacts were with I will call them Greys, but I've also um, been visited by uh, praying mantis beings. Uh, I've been really? visited by Nordics. Yeah, I've been visited by reptilians. I've been visited by a blue person who I thought was an Octurian. So, um, so these yeah. beings that that are visiting you, they all seemed solid i mean like they were yeah, like they the holographic Some of them have yeah no the, and yeah and i'm awake so so it's not like michael you're having a dream it's even not like a lucid dream no i'm i am awake like i'm talking to you when i see them wow i have had have dreams. you have you gotten together with an artist to have an artist draw up these beings that you're seeing no, I, I described one to a friend of mine, and they sent me something years ago uh, of, of, of uh, a gentleman who looked like kind of like who I saw. But no, I've seen them. I've seen them in other books and stuff. But uh, no, I, that I have not done. So, um, so yeah. you have been contacted by these several different races. <laughs> yes, yes. Are you noticing that they are aware of each other and are you noticing that they have different intent towards humans? I mean, that, that I do not know at all. Um, and, um, uh, all, all I know is from what has happened 
to my experience. For instance, there's a there's um, a belief going around that the reptilians are evil. I don't know whether that's some type of cell memory from ancestors who, because reptilians are, can be scary. They were very scary, but nothing bad happened to me. Um, I, I, I just try to stay in the moment of what's happening on the other side, you know, what's happening between me and this individual, even though I'm scared to death. And I just try to keep it there because there's so much speculation and there's so much we don't know. All I can say to you is that none of these beings have harmed me. One time, the gray beings came and they stuck a needle in the back of my head where the neck meets, you know, right there with that little hollow part at right. the bottom of the skull. And it was excruciating. And I was paralyzed when they did it. And I, I spoke to my astrologer friend and she said, oh my goodness. She said, you need to tell them, just walk around your house because they're probably in your home. They probably are around you when you don't see them. And you have to say, look, this is getting, you know, I mean, what are you doing? This is, you have to set some boundaries. So I did that. I felt like a fool, but I did it. And then about 10 days later, when I had a visit, when I had a visit, they showed me what they were doing. They showed them, they showed me, they were sticking a syringe in the crown chakra of my head. I didn't even feel it. And so to me, I felt like they listened because there was no pain at all. Um, now, but you know, but I, before you move on, I just want yeah. to say the impression that I'm getting, Michael, is that. Mm -hmm. You were, you were a person that was raised to be able to speak in front of groups of people. Mm -hmm. And there must be some reason why all these different extraterrestrial races are contacting you. I have the impression that they're contacting you so you can be a voice for them to introduce them to the rest of humanity. I mean, I think that's, uh, I mean, that's as good a guess as any. I, you know, I, I, I'm an anti-racism trainer and I'm a diversity consultant. And I just look at it as not only am I trying to build bridges between human beings who come from different cultures and what have you, but also extraterrestrial beings because they are as diverse uh, as the day is long. Wow. And so I, I just I, look at it as an extension of the work that I do. Hmm. Amazing. Amazing. We're coming up on break and I so much want to explore these different beings. And I also want to welcome my co-host to jump in too. So you're listening to Reverend Michael Carter relate to us his experience, uh, direct experience with extraterrestrials. The show tonight is called um, A New World, If You Can Take It. And you're on the other side of midnight. And my co-hosts are Andrew Curry, John Francis, Ron Gibran, and myself, Kinthea. And I'm stalling for time until Keith plays the bottom of the hour music. <laughs> okay, Keith. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't figured out all this timing. You know, Richard is like so on the point. And I'm looking at this chat window and it says, start, you're out. I'm just Here like, we go. what does that mean? Here we go. The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from the other side of midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events. And thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary. Based on well-verified references vetted through vigilance and discernment. Our desire, desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. 
It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way. With clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. Side of the news can be heard here on this network, on this channel, on this website, on this URL, every Friday evening, two hours, seven to nine p.m. Pacific time. I warn you, you'll miss it at your own peril. Side of Midnight. To find tonight's show page, go to the other side of midnight.com. The show is called A New World, if you can take it. And our guest is Reverend Michael Carter, J.S. Carter. And Michael, you were just telling us about these different beings, and I, you just piqued my curiosity. Like, as an artist, I'm wondering if you could describe them to us. I mean, a praying mantis extraterrestrial? I mean, yeah. a dinosaur? I mean, like, how does... Can, yeah, uh, yeah, what I'm trying to do is... Uh, oh boy, I wish we could see each other. I don't have um, pictures, but I, I have... A, there's an artist who makes... Um, hold on. There's an artist who makes... Whom I tell her what I saw, and she has made them for me. I'm, I don't know if I can send these to you. Um, hold on. Yeah, if you Maybe. put it in the chat window, I can put it on the page. So you have worked with it. Okay, I'm sending it to you. Hold on. Th these are in my bedroom. Um, I'm sending them to you as a, an, a text. So anyway, yes. Um, okay, I'm sending Maybe they'll come through. Okay, yeah. Uh, the, the being, okay... The grays people who, as I say, were not gray in color, uh, they, they've come and I, I, I've seen some really tall, well, well a really tall one. Uh, but usually they're about three, four feet tall. When they walk, they don't really walk. They kind of glide. Um, it's, it's a real, their feet are not even touching the floor. They just kind of, they almost look robotic like, but they, that's how they move. Um, the reptilian being I saw uh, who, who walked through my wall uh, in New York was Wait, much he more... walked through your wall? Yes, yes, yes. They walked through Okay, walked, like, so, so does that wall. indicate that they are some kind of other dimension, that they're bleeding, a dimension bleeding into this dimension? Yeah, yeah. I, I have no problem with that. I, I just have no problem saying I don't know. I mean, I, that's what one, I, I find in this field, a lot of people aren't willing to say that. Uh, uh, but I will say that he touched me. But at the same time that he touched me and he was physical, solid, but he also walked through my wall. Wow. Uh, uh, and, and he looked like Spider-Man. His eyes were yellow, very muscular very muscular um and he had uh his the, the 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 pupils in his eyes were vertical like a cat mm. they were the, the the slit was up and down oh, and was uh, he a uh, what and kind he of just being? stared at me he said don't be afraid uh he didn't say it his 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 he thought it because uh, I didn't see any lips moving, but I heard it in my head like I had uh, uh, speakers in my head. 
And which kind of being was he? This was the reptilian. The reptilian. He had a tail. Was he bulky? He was. It was like it was like he worked out. Wow. Yeah, like he was ripped. Uh huh. And then he just stared at me for a couple seconds. Well, it seemed like a couple seconds. It was actually longer than that. And then he just disappeared. He just disappeared. There's Mike. something that they're all coming to you. They're checking you out. You're some kind of conduit between worlds. Um, I can imagine. All I can say is that my life has changed for the better. Uh, the fear factor, of course, was extremely high. And uh, But what it made me do was it made me look at other areas in my life where I let fear get in the way. Because granted, all this stuff was happening, but I had to one day, I just sat down with myself in my meditation, and I said, aside from the bizarreness of how they look or how they show up, <clears throat> pardon me, have they hurt you? And I had to say, no. Uh-huh. But I cannot say to another person who said, you know, a reptilian came to me and did A, B, C, D to me, I, and it was traumatic. I can't say that that's not true. All I can say is that's not my experience. Mm -hmm. Okay? Like I would do with anybody. Right. You know, uh, 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 uh uh, I, I live in the South and never thought I'd live in the South. And let's say there was some road rage and a white brother used the N-word with me. I cannot say that all white brothers are bad. I can only say I had a bad experience with this one. Right. And to me, that is crucial because I feel that we can have intergalactic racism, if you will. Because in the literature... All the blonde, blue-eyed folk are angelic, and they are the good extraterrestrials. And all the darker grays or the reptiles, oh, they're mean. And I'm not saying people are doing this consciously, but there is a pattern of that. And so I just can only speak from my experience, but that's good enough. Like, I would never say all reptilians are evil. I know people who do especially conservative uh -huh. Christians who've had run-ins. They're all evil. It's like we're going back to the Garden of Eden. Or I just don't go there. And maybe it's because I happen to be uh, in this incarnation, I have chosen to be a person of color. Maybe I'm extra sensitive because of that. But I do not group people. Right. And, and that means earthlings or anybody else. Mm -hmm. and, and possibly the... The tone of our consciousness, you know, they say like attracts like. I'm not saying that people are evil, but if you're carrying fear in your heart, you're probably more apt to attract something fearful. You know, what I fear just come upon me. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, again, I just don't know. I don't know if that's it. Uh, I had a psychic tell me that I'd signed a contract uh, uh -huh. in my, and you know, before I came. And I mean, all of that could be true. But I can't definitively say that. That resonates with me, that, that, that insight that the psychic had given me. But I can't say it's true. I also have to be careful. We all know that sometimes people get cancer, right? And you have to be very careful as a healer in metaphysics that you're not telling people that you've given this to yourself. Now, maybe on some past life level, karmic level, maybe on some, maybe that's true. But you don't say that to folk. Because A, you don't know, and B, right. it just puts guilt on them. So I'm j right. I just choose my words very carefully around this topic. And we don't know why people bring experiences into their lives. I no, mean, we don't. That you bring a difficult experience doesn't mean that you've been a bad person. It, so, you know, it's like going to the gym. You lift weights. They're hard to carry, but it makes you strong. So sometimes we have difficulties not because we're bad, but because we're choosing to, quote, go to the life gym. Yes. 
yes. you know, to work it out. Yeah. So, so you know, I, 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 I just know this has happened uh, to me, and um, you know, it, it, you know, and then, and then I go years without seeing them at all. I've oh, gone two, three years, and 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 then all of a sudden they'll come again. Um, I, I, I just kind of take it. I do notice that when I when I do get a break from them. I usually have a lot going on in my life. Like I remember when I got married and I'm not married anymore, but you know, and we had a child and my life was full and I was feeling a little overwhelmed with church and doing the anti-racism stuff and all that. And they just kind of backed off. Now I'm not saying they did that on purpose. I don't know, but it seemed like they were like, okay, he's got his hands full. He's doing what we need him to do. Because when they first came December 28, 1989, um, I was living in New York. I was living a fast life. I was sexing and drinking and drugging. And, you know, I was in the theater. I was, right. you know, young and gifted. And when they <clears throat> when they came, it was like throwing cold water in my face. No one ever said to me, hey, man, you're killing yourself. But they did that 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 those initial experiences made me say, hey, you know, you, you could have much more. You know what I mean? You you, you right. know you, you could and so I think that they my 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 spirituality definitely accelerated because of them. My heart was more open. It was much more easy for me to say I love you. It was much more easy for me to say I was wrong. It was much more easier for me to be vulnerable. Now, it wasn't a magic wand. I was already studying and self-exploration and going to therapy and I was on a path, but they I feel expedited it. Uh-huh. Michael, well, it's it, yeah. Hi, Kent. I just want to cut in here. It's um. So I, I know that you're. Thank our... you, Andrew. <laughs> it's Andrew cutting in. Hi, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Andrew. Hey, Andrew. So, hi. So, Michael, I know that you're our pastor tonight, with the spotlight on you, and all these voices are going to come out of the congregation, which is us. So, I do have a question for you, and that sure. is, did you ever see any, or do you see any symbols associated with these visitations, like? Do they wear clothing? Have you seen any insignias? Uh, that kind of thing. And the reason why I ask is because one of the things that you talk about is uh, a Ghana African symbol called, I'm going to say it wrong, Sankofa. And yeah, I just Sankofa. Want, yeah, yeah, and I'm just wondering if, you know, why that particular symbol has come up. And, you know, maybe those are two separate questions, but have you seen any symbols associated with these experiences? No, I, I have not seen any uh, any symbols from them. In my book, when I talk about Sankofa, what intrigued me about it was that um, the, the, the bird is looking uh, backwards, but it's walking forward. And for me, it's also part of my sermon uh, coming up next week, but it's that we can learn from the past as we move forward. And that sometimes we need to go back and take that wisdom or those experiences and go forward. Because a lot of people say, oh, wait a minute, that's past, and I don't need that anymore. But I don't feel that that's necessarily, you know, that's necessarily true. And so, yeah, so that's that's where Sankofa comes in. And I I, I do believe that. It's it's um, it's from the Ghanaian language of Akan, and it, it literally means it is not taboo to go back and fetch what you forgot. And at the top of the hour, uh, Kanthea was talking about, uh, well, uh, referring to, um, you know, getting that wisdom and, and using that wisdom. And sometimes you have to go back to reclaim, uh, uh, for, like our extraterrestrial past, if you will, that, that we are all coming from the same um, source and that there was a time, and this is a long answer, just there was a time looking at the Bible, but looking at other sacred texts, that human beings and extraterrestrials coexisted. And, but we have to go back and, and maybe look at those things differently. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is from T.S. Eliot, when he, when he says, we shall never seek from, of expo, from exploration, but at the end of all our exploration, we will go back to the place we started and know it for the very first time. 
Well, I think you're really right about this idea of the gods or what we might say in our postmodern times, E.T., having yes. visited and lived amongst humanity. And a really good example is I have a, a friend from India. He's a wonderful guy. He's a chemist and a, and a computer programmer, very intelligent, erudite guy. He's been a guest on Richard's show a few times. And we talk about this often. And he said, basically, in, in, in the Indian past, the idea was the gods moved among the peoples. And then one day, they just left. They just left mm -hmm. us. And, yes. you know, we, we see that sort of theme happening in Mesoamerican culture and, and many, many ancient cultures. And it seems yes. like we've had a, a disconnect down through time. And yet, you know, recently, in recent time, um, specifically, I think it was 2010, when Pope, when Pope, you know, speaking of the sort of Catholic religion um, or faith, Pope Benedict, the I don't know what number he was, but one of his astronomers was quoted as saying, "Oh, we'll um, baptize ET if they arrive, even if they yes. have lots of tentacles, they have a soul." And Pope Francis, back in 2014, in the spring of 2014, in one of his I believe in one of his homilies, mm -hmm. basically said, yes, if E.T. came, if the Martians came, if a contingent mm -hmm. of them approached the Vatican and said, we would like to be baptized, then who were we to close the door on them? So I remember that. I remember yeah. that. I remember so, that. So I, I guess, you know, because you say that the Christian conservatives are a bit nervous about this. And Maybe you could explain like how you bridged your experiences, you know, in New York when you were a little bit of a wild and crazy guy, and then you had these experiences, and were you already ordained? And how did you come up with this concept that, you know, the aliens, you know, basically kind of like you say, going back and picking up the past again and bringing it now in the in the in the future? Then were you ordained already when this when you bridged that or? No, I wound up, what, what happened was I wound up leaving uh, the theater. Okay. I, I, I got ordained as an interfaith minister in June of 1994. My first contact that I was conscious of with uh, the Gray uh, brother was in 1989, but I, I, was, I was relentless in my search. It was almost like they were driving me mm. to do it. I can't say they were, but it sure did feel like it, and I was obsessive, which which I did. And so I read everything I could and I found other, other ministers talking about this. And um, it, I just started reading the Bible in a different way. How I bridged it um, was just that I was always, as Kinthea had said, you know, I was always fascinated with Jesus. And we had plenty of time to get into Brother Yeshua. But I, I started just reading the Bible in a different way. Um, I started uh, after reading these other authors, and it came to me that if I put off ET or off-world intelligence every place I saw angel, it made more sense. And because angel from the Greek angelos, it meant messenger. I also started figuring out, well, nowhere in the Bible does it say they have wings? Now, for those out there listening, I'm not saying angels don't exist, please, because uh, I've gotten calls from about this. I'm just saying in the Bible, nowhere does it say these beings had wings, but I figured our ancestors were trying to tell us that these beings were flying. They flew. And so I just bridged that gap by not... Uh, in the initially that I didn't have to give up my Christian faith. Um, and even though now I don't identify as, as, as Christian because I, I, I identify, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more metaphysical or more spiritual in my beliefs, but, um, you know, Jesus and Buddha and, you know, all these avatars are there. But at the beginning, I didn't quite let go of Christianity. I just incorporated my Veltenschung of UFOs into the faith. Well, it's so, interesting. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. So Jesus was still okay, but, you know, he probably got went around in a flying saucer instead of... Uh, uh, and I just started... The scales fell from my eyes. And I just saw no contradiction between being a person of faith, whether it was Islam or what have you, and, and, still, and still acknowledging that we're not alone 
in in the universe. And then I went on and got ordained, but I was mu very much in the closet as it were, because I would not tell people about my experiences at the time with good reason. I've had people tell me, you, you cannot be, I remember telling a Unitarian uh, uh, minister about those experiences. One time I was in Boston for an anti-racism training and she said, Michael, I believe you, but if you wanna have a career in this denomination, do not ever tell that story again. <laughs> <laughs> they start, yeah, they start stapling you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then, you know, uh, it's the cultural, um, the cultural part of it. I mean, me being a man of color, I, I, even now, uh, you know, I'm a Reiki master. I've been for quite some time and I, I started doing that after I met them. But there are some people in the African-American church, and I don't want to say it's just limited to that because, of course, it's not. But, uh, you know, well, where's Jesus in all this? And they think it's from the devil because they don't understand it. And it's so very human to do that. What we don't understand, we fear. And, you know, what fear can do, fear can get you hurt. You know, you, 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 you fear can have you nailed to crosses or getting shot in the jaw on balconies in Memphis, Tennessee, or getting shot in India. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you know, fear can, when people are afraid, there's no telling what they'll do. Uh, Michael? Yes. Uh, this is Ron. Uh, Hi, Ron. I had a thought in there. Uh, one way that people counteract fear is uh, familiarity. So if you're, uh, if you're in a position of wanting to uh, either manipulate or help people, uh, the way to get them to not fear you is to make yourself seem familiar to them. And what I'm kind of sidling up to here is the, my own perspective on this, because we have so much in common, you wouldn't even believe it, uh, relative to the encounter things you were talking about before, yes. uh, that um, we're dealing and talking about middle management here, I think. Now, the, the angels, as described in the interactive parts of the Bible, uh, like visited Lot and so forth, uh, we might think of those as direct agents from the uh, supreme being that's being discussed there. But uh, these aliens that come and abduct people or chat with them or heal them or uh, probe them or do anything else, uh, this is something else. And they're masquerading as being entitled to be there. Uh, the, uh, that reptilian um, type that you talk about uh, has been reported. I have not run into one myself, but there are the reports of them are all over the place. And that's it. Most of the ones that seem most trustworthy say the same thing you did, that they are robust and uh, buff and uh, you said ripped. Yeah. And they're um, reminiscent of the, um, I think they were called the Krell in the um, timeline trilogy by Richard C. Meredith poor unfortunate author that wrote a brilliant book about the interference in the timelines by uh, extraterrestrials that were really from another dimension. And that's what they looked like. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's basically a meme. You know, it goes back through history. Mm -hmm. But the ones that look like greys, uh, I've had uh, interaction with those. And even when I was a little kid, I thought, okay, I don't need to tell anybody about this because I can roll with it, but I got to try and figure it out. And I had one encounter that stuck with me. Three of them showed up in my bedroom, and yeah. one of them was even sitting on the bed. And um, the the thing is, they did look kind of like the grays, um, the um, but they were paler than that. And uh, they were. I was supposed to see them as something else. I got this distinct impression that what they thought they looked like was a bunch of Victorian English guys because uh, I had books everywhere. I'm like yourself. I'm a voracious reader. I read everything I could get my hands on all through my childhood. Mm. And my little, my bookshelf above my desk in my bedroom there, uh, prominently featured in the middle was a book uh, that I had gotten from my aunt because she had moved and I had inherited all the books that were in there and I hadn't read all of them. And it was a copy of the Pickwick Papers uh, Dickens, I believe. And, uh, on the spine of the book was that little, uh, that little picture of Mr. Pickwick that ended up being a logo for the bookstores. And thing is, I'd never read the book 
And to this day, I have never read that particular book. Yeah. But they thought that that was a good one. And that was the image they were trying to project to me. I yeah. knew it, but I wasn't seeing them that way. And when they realized that I wasn't seeing them that way, things got a little confused. And yeah. uh, what they were doing was not harmful, at least not wasn't directly painful. And there wasn't much I could do about it, but it was, uh, um, you know, it's like I was just I've, I've, cattle. You know, I was just, they were, isn't this cute? You know, but they were they were very confused that the screen memory, if you want to call it that, had not taken. And yeah. I think a lot of that goes on. So I always get uncomfortable when people get too specific about the descriptions of things, because unless you can trot them down to Denny's and sit them down over a cup of coffee, um, of course, with a mask on, who could tell if they're alien or not? Uh, the um, these days, then I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm so with I think you. they. they I'm okay. with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I just can only say what I saw because I know people say to me, and thank you for sharing that. I, I know people say to me, well, did you ask him this? And, did you, and I, you, you know, I would have asked him and I, maybe you would have. But, you know, I'm just so shocked because it's so unexpected. The last thing I'm thinking of doing and uh, is, is talking. So, sometimes I'm just trying to get my breathing. Uh, uh, in line, so I'm not having a cardiac thing. You know what I mean? So, um, but but all I can say is is that from 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 these experiences, uh, I mean, I had a healing um, that I talk about uh, from a blonde guy. All I can say is that either I'm, you know, Kintia, you suggest they want me to do something, I, but I'm doing that anyway. I'm just trying to to learn to love and to grow and to try to evolve and to uh, 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 treat my neighbor as myself. That's all I'm trying to do. And I would do that anyway. You know, I don't want people to think, oh, you know, you, know, you got to have a, uh, a contact with an off-world person before, to have some deep spirituality. That's not true at all. But this is what has kind of um, launched me um, on the journey that I've been on. And everyone has their own unique uh, story and narrative. Michael, um, this is uh, John Francis speaking. Hi, John. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of questions about the interaction with these beings. Yeah. Uh, did you have a different, did you get a different feeling from these different types of beings that you're seeing? I mean, you know, this being felt this way, the other being felt the other way. Was there a different feeling sense with each one of these? Well, I, I, the reptilian, I got, I was so afraid because it was so bizarre. Um, and so that, that was a little more menacing to me, but obviously if someone walked through your wall looking like that, they would be, I didn't have, I, I was afraid of the gray in December, but he, you know, he, he was also smaller and was at the foot of my bed. So wasn't so close to me. What I try to do, uh, John, is um, after I process it, I just try to say, okay, what what is my projection? Because you know, if 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 I'm not afraid, um, I'm probably projecting all over the place. So it seems like what you're saying that really each encounter was you experience so much feel that fear that you really weren't distinct, able to distinguish between any different types of energy that were coming. John, no. John, no. Michael, it's yes. break time. Yes. <laughs> break time. So you're on the other side of midnight. Our guest tonight is Reverend Michael Carter, and we're having a lively discussion about different types of aliens and extraterrestrials. And we will return right after the break. Thanks for listening to this exciting first hour. Now, the second and third hour of the show is available to Club 19.5 members only. Please support the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 and join our very interesting community. To do that, please visit the website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350-plus shows that we have done. Now, recent Club 19.5 member archive recording have the commercials removed, 
and the sound quality has been enhanced. You'll also receive a dedicated private podcast feed that contains these enhanced show recordings. And you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the archive if you prefer. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll also be the first to preview our new videos and reports. We'll be adding exclusive new features to Club 19.5 as we go forward. And boy, have we got some amazing things to tell you about in the coming weeks. So please support the show and don't miss all the exciting new things we have planned. I want to thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your guys' support, this show would not be on the air. Please help us continue growing the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 today. And when I say we really need you, we really need you. Over and out.